1: Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
0: Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
2: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to That Mill Podcast. My name's Omar. Joining me today, I've got two fellow friends of the show. I've got uh, Dan. Hello, mate. How are you? Right?
3: all right? Hello, mate. Yeah. Um, I have to say the excitement is gradually starting to build now. I've purchased my Gillingham ticket for the pre-season friendly today and the fixtures are out, so... I you know, all eyes, start of August, but nice to kind of have that football feeling slowly coming back again. Absolutely, mate. And I'm the same with you, buzzing for it to all start again. And bizarrely
4: enough, I'm over the Blackburn game, I think, Joe. So welcome, Joe, as well. How are you feeling, mate? Yeah, I'm, I'm all I'm right. I think it, it's starting to feel real now, isn't it? It feels like the season's about to start again and we can now kind of get over the nightmare end of last season, finally. It's shame it's been dragging on. In my mind, my, my for knows for, for how long. So it's quite nice to start thinking about next season and putting mm, last season behind us. And lots to talk about today, I'm sure. Um, we've got a few things to kind of plan, not we? But yeah, looking forward to uh, the season head Looking forward to this show, of
2: course. I do think I'm just over like, our season, pretty much. But um, yeah, well, anyway, today's show, guys, we'll be talking all things transfers and rumours. The elephant in the room is obviously the influence being linked away to Burnley. We'll touch on a bit about Josh Crowe being linked to the club, Lewis Travis, also Tyler Bury, and his potential move out of the club, and obviously a few other bits and bobs along the way. So let's get straight into it. Dan, Burnley are interested in Zee and Fleming, and supposedly, depending on who you believe, had a bid not back to roughly six to eight million pounds. What's your initial thoughts, mate, and how you feel about the idea of Fleming leaving the den?
3: I don't think it's a surprise there's interest in him. I mean, come on, if anyone who scores 15 goals in the championship from midfield's going to get interest, let alone it being your first season in English football. Um, what we do have going in our favour is that he does still, you know, he he has a contract. It's, I think it's he's got two or three years left on that deal. Um, so, you know, we don't have to sell him. It's not like where we had Jed Wallace and we, you know, we're on the verge of losing him. We need to try and ship him out just to try and get some money in. We're not kind of pressured. Um, but I, I do think that bid that they... The Burnley bids, you know, I think it was about seven, about seven million, as you touched on there. I, I don't think that's nowhere near enough. Chuck in, you know, the talk of a possible sell on clause to Fortuna Sittard, you know. I th- I think personally, I, I'm interested to get your guys' views on this as well. I'd be looking at something in the kind of 12 to 15 million price range. I think you've nailed it on the head there from my point of
2: view. I mean, we had a bit of the chatter in our podcast chats. I'm sure everyone's had it all various mill chats in the last few days. I mean, Joe, for myself, I personally would be trying to hold on, you know, with, uh, you know, clenching on to him at the minute because I think there's kind of that incentive in my head where if he has another good season and say we somehow match time into contracts and have some sort of release clause in there, like that, I'm thinking 12 to 15 million. But if he scores another 15 goals next season and he's got another two years left on his deal or three years left on his deal, we're looking at maybe 20 million these days, which is crazy in itself and it's crazy football's gone that way. But how are you feeling about the idea of Fleming leaving and what would you yeah. burst into well, if he was in control?
4: First of all, uh, I don't really give, you know, much about Fleming. not really a massive fan of Fleming. It's obviously like you know his shirt behind me on my wall, or anything like that. So uh, I'm I'll, I'll be gutted if, if he goes to be honest with you. But um, again, if, I think if we get the, the rewards for it financially, it just softens the blow a little bit. Um, a Bit like you guys, I don't really want to see him, see him go. I don't think we need to sell him. The great thing about the club at the moment, we're, we're in a good sort of situation financially. Um, John Berylson and, and, and Rowett, a few times so we don't have to sell players anymore like we used to. Um see still has two two years left on his contract. So if we keep him another season. Yeah, potentially he could help us out. Um his value could go up if he has a good season. The only thing is there's a bit of a risk, a bit of a gamble. If he doesn't score many goals next season, as a bit of a flat one, suddenly his valuation goes down. He's got one year left in his contract. We know he's not going to sign a new extension on that. And yeah, could we be faced with a situation where we kind of I'm selling for peanuts in a year's time. Or if you let his contract run out, they end up leaving on a, on a free potentially. So it's a risky game. I mean, um Bernie have made two offers now, two offers being rejected. They put a third offer in, or, or actually they think about putting a third offer in. And you do wonder, you know, again, it's a bit of a bit of and dagger here. I mean, will they make that third offer? They do, is that the final offer? Do they, do they then go and look at other, other options? um a bit like you guys say i think we get like sort of 12 sort of 15 grand 15 grand 15 million for him it it, it helps us out yes we don't get all of that money but financially it puts in a good position to look at other options and other players and revest that money into maybe sort of two or three players rather than just having having one so um yeah it'd be interesting how it, how it pans out and the other thing in the room is actually is Ian fleming he's over in africa only in the Tanzania I think they call it <laughs> or he's out there fucking chasing like lions, tigers and bears and all that stuff we're all here like, fucking shady and worried about his, his future he's not he's loving it mm-hmm. but. it's it's
2: an interesting one and I suppose he is literally the elephant there in that case isn't he we're yeah, <laughs> <like a>, yeah. <laughs> worried one of the day so piss <laughs> but it's, I suppose you know the pull of Vincent company isn't it it's, and also Burnley after the season they had last season I think if it was like you know if it was Luton I mean, you know, I don't know, it probably looked a lot less appealing. The fact that you obviously have to play at Luton is one thing. But also with that, like, you know, for company, the trajectory of Burnley, he signed a new contract, I'm pretty sure he's definitely committed his future to the foreseeable. You know, Dan, like, it's 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 kind of like the temptation for Fleming, I suppose. I mean, we're guessing, obviously, we don't know. There's no inside from our side or anything like that. But if you've got a fitness Company wanting you specifically, making bids for you, and also, you know, Burnley, the trajectory they're going, it's a hard one for Fleming isn't it I think and you know he's loved by the club and I think he loves being here too but you kind of don't begrudge it for him a little bit especially with the Premier League and the carrot of playing under company at Burnley I feel like.
3: Yeah I think you know un- unless you're playing for, y- for your boyhood club um, the the dream is as a footballer to probably play at-, at-, at this point in time in the football world to play in the Premier League which you know it is the best league in the world. Obviously Vincent company you know he did an unbelievable job at Burnley last season. Was linked with you know the, the Tottenham and the Chelsea jobs in the summer, which kind of speaks testament of the job he did. Signed that new deal, so he knows he's going to be there. The only thing that kind of makes me think about this Fleming transfer is that the um, there's been numerous kind of reports that Burnley wanted to sign um, Nathan Teller and Ian Marsh and two players they had on loan last season. But apparently, they don't want to pay 15 million for either of them. That's kind of the prices they've kind of been quoted around 15. I think twenty for Martin, but definitely around fifteen for Teller. If they don't want to pay fifteen for someone who's just bagged near enough twenty goals from right wing, like, are they going to want to pay fifteen million for a player that hasn't played hasn't played at all under Vincent Company? So, you know, it's there's a there's a very, you know, and you know the club the club don't have to sell, but it's like the the way I look at it is, we bought him for one point seven million last season. We, we we're on the like if we do sell him, we're gonna like five times the money we bought him for you know which is brilliant but you know i don't, I don't think 10 million is enough especially if, if that sell on clause exists as well so which just on awesome. that joe i mean i was, I was gonna ask you because we spoke about this when
2: we did the development show um and after the game and we said this is what we want to do produce talent but also sign players and then reinvest the money when their values is here it's yeah. hard one to put the value on them players
4: isn't it and how to determine when it's mm-hmm. the right time to let them go i think the, the, the difficult thing is yeah you know, every player obviously has got a price, have not they? You know, and there's a price of what they're worth and there's a price what you would want to sell it for depending on your circumstances. I think at the moment, if we were honest, I don't think Fleming's pretty worth, I hope there's no sort of Burnley sort of scouts listening to this, I don't think it's worth more than six, six, seven million, let's be honest. You know, we look at Goykeres at the moment going to um, Sporting Lisbon for 17 million, I think it is. And he's by far been a fantastic championship player the last two freezes. Last season, I think he scored 20 goals, got, Fifteen assists, you know. If anything, you know, you think, why i looking at a player like that instead? So, the fifty, they pay fifty million for Fleming. You know, cut cut them in more. They could probably get someone like Guevara is playing for them, who I think is, you know, a very very talented player. Um, and then you look at you know the levels of where we where we're playing in the championship compared to the Premiership. He's not. No one's kind of proven yet. So you play in the Premiership. He may completely um, fail in the Premiership. And like Dan said, he hasn't played for Burnley. He's a bit, a bit alien to them at the moment. So it's a real sort of delicate one. Um, the reinvestment thing, go back to your point there, um, Omar, was, is true. I mean, Gary Rabbit he said to me, me and Chris Chapman, we were in the lounge in the last season. He said, um, he had a conversation with John Berylster. He said, if we got $8 million for him, what do you want to do? And John Berylster said, I'll turn it down. That's $8 million. And then he jumped, whether we was joking or serious, but he turned around and said to us, "But well, could you imagine we've got 8 million, he said. We could probably buy three or four Zian Flemings, or all that equivalent 1.7 mm. million pound players. And uh, what I loved was the thought that he said that to me. So I knew where his mind's at. And I, and I kind of for, you know, went back to him and went, yeah, yeah exactly what, what Peter Peterborough have done and what Brentford have done and things like that, but he risk the money and build it. And he'll say, yeah, exactly. So he's definitely got that mindset, which, which is great to see. Um, you know, and I, and I think for, for Rowett, I mean, credit to Rowett, I mean, the last few, few teams he's managed, they've had money to spend on players. He's suddenly in a situation with Millwall where it has to be really tight of who he can go for and be very restrictive. And yes, he could argue he's probably got a nice challenge and maybe thrives off that and likes that. But when you've been a manager and you've had, you know, millions of pounds spent on players, you can always take your pick who you want. And suddenly you, you, you've been told, like, you can't do that anymore. You've got to be really careful who you're you going for and try and get free transfers. I don't know where the attraction is there. I think if there's it was the other way around, if you're a manager struggling and you can't spend money and then you'd be given a move to a club where you've got loads of money to spend, that must be an amazing feeling. But to go the other way, how is he sort of dealing with it? It makes me wonder how he's got that kind of patience almost and he's still around kind of you know, wheeling and dealing in the transfer window. And he seems to be enjoying it for whatever reason and um, he's still there. And I think he's still got a plan. Maybe it's a plan, a process he wants to sort of try and deliver.
2: I think the club are in a good position as well, though. So, I mean, I think, yeah. you know, I think what was interesting is when we signed this bit, I think even Aldo had a few words to say about it and saying how we believe it'd be good for Gary's squad. And, you know, it, mm. it's, like I said, it was a team effort and a club effort, which is obviously something they addressed when he came in initially after Harvey, Harvey Bustle left. It was like, right, Alex is now the director of football slash transfers, you know, in that kind of sense. Mm. So um, it, it is an interesting kind of angle on that one. And I guess with that, you know, steer it back to Fleming I mean Dan like if he was to go you know I, I personally disagree Joe I think the value is a bit, I think he is a bit higher but you know I get where you're coming from there I mean where would you be start to begin to replace these players Dan I mean I'm not going to ask you for names but do you trust the club to get it right if it was you know three or four other scene of Lemmings like you know Gary
3: said to Jodo at the end of the season last season I'm not I'm not too sure if I can completely you know get yeah, it yeah. It's a difficult one. we fa- we found Zian Fleming, you know, and we have made some other good signings in in the, in the not too um, not not that long ago. But if you look at our most tra- recent transfer window, you know, I've spoken a lot about January, so I'm not going to drag on. It was a very poor window, um, and you know, I some of like some of summer's last last summer's business was good. Some of it has been poor. I, I still think the jury is out on Alex Aldridge. Um, you know, I, I, so I don't know. I, I don't know whether he might change the system if we lose Ian Fleming. Obviously, he's kind of played with one up top most of the time. Now having Nisbet and Bradshaw might go to two to try and make up for the possible goals that we're going to lose. If he goes, um, that might I think that would probably be his solution. I think for Gary Rowett's solution, he'd probably want to go back to that five three two that he started last season because so we know he kind of likes the five back. And, you know to putting another striker up
4: front that we've just signed would probably happen. With essay though. So if we go away with we don't do away with the wingers, we go five three two, which I think you're right. I think that's probably the plan. If if Fleming goes, he'll probably go with three man midfield, maybe that's why he's looking at Lewis Travis potentially and other other players and go with Nesbit and Bradshaw up front. It'd be very harsh to drop drop Bradshaw off the season he had. And of course yeah. Nesbitt with the new boy, you think he's gonna start as well. So it sounds logical he would probably go with two up front and maybe a five three, two formation. But then I feel sorry for the young lad essay. I mean I think you have the ability to throw him in also
2: as a ten though, because then you would yeah. open, the, open it up to having a more advanced midfielder and maybe in games where, you know, hopefully it'll be more often than not, but where we expect to have more of the ball or, you know, try to have more of an incentive in the games. So I think I think the mm-hmm. as will still be eased into, it, I think, this year. I think Rowitt is kind of yeah. off in the foot by saying we started starting more games, but mm-hmm. I think he's he's trying I think- to ease him.
3: Yeah, got that. Sorry, if you if you look at the game against Blackpool, where we played kind of that, where we played that five back system, we almost had Fleming playing as like a kind of hybrid sort of number ten kind of right hand sided winger mm-hmm. kind of role, and then on the other side you kind of add um, what more kind of playing a kind of left wing hybrid kind of striker role. Maybe that might be something he looks to do with Romain Essay kind of That's next true. season. Um, but one thing he can't do, even if he does want to play this five three two is he can't leave a short in the winger positions because he left a short in the winger positions in January, which saw Vogel, Sammer and
4: Honeymoon. And, you know, I think Styles played there for quite a bit. And, and also pace, Dan, as well. I mean, so we kind of struggled last season until Watmore and Burke came in. Mm. Everyone will say for the first part of the season, where's the pace? Yeah, and, and it's but yeah. as Burke, Burke was and Watmore, you know, in and out. At least they gave us pace and we needed it at times, you know?
2: I think the game's also a lot more fluid now as well, though. And I think you need to have different options, like, and it's not necessarily fixed to formations. I think you need to be able to mix it up game by game and catch people off because, you know, we had a good result of Blackpool. I guess Blackpool didn't expect us to play the back five. When we changed to the back four, we caught teams off guard last season as well, you know, which, like, wins it against Preston away and stuff like that, when Preston were notoriously good at home at the time, So I think you need to have that kind of ability to mix it up a little bit as well. But Omar,
4: on that, on that formation against Blackpool... It was more of a three-five-two as opposed to five-three-two. The reason being, the wing backs we had Shackleton on one side, and Charles mm. on the other, and I think it worked with Leonard play as, as, as the third defender because we it just felt more attacking. That that formation, it seemed like we were we were, we were on the front foot. What I can't stand is when we're out, there's a five at the back and it's very defensive. Like feels like a five almost. Mm. Matt Demora is a little bit not effective in the final third. He's great defensively. You've mm-hmm. got Morris on the other side. Again, he's not really the best in the final third over. And that's what really does with nothing. When we play that 5-3-2 formation, if, it, if it's set up that way, it's very, very negative when you're, you're buying pressure. But suddenly, those two wing backs are attack-minded. I don't mind playing 5 at the back because we mm-hmm. do feel we've got the extra player in that final third. And like Dan said, you know, the number 10 then pulls out to the side becomes more like a, a, a kind of 3-2, three, three, sorry, the 3 5 um three, 4 3 3-4-3 5-2-3 three, three. Three, so like yeah. <laughs> 2 more, more attacking sort of players in that final third and we, we do look more more sort of fluid in our, in our attacking approach you know but, oh, I do agree yeah. as well. um,
3: sorry I'm, I keep biting in that's you, right? Right, um, right, so the, that Blackpool game it kind of felt like when Gary Rowett kind of first came in when kind of, you know, if, if you kind of look back, the game that kind of stands out to me where well, we was quite good at doing it was just after the lockdown game, the Cholton game, where we won 1-0, Jake Cooper scored, where kind of you would have almost a bit like when Sheffield United got promoted under Chris Wilder a few years ago. He's kind of have your middle centre-back, which was Hutchinson, who would just kind of stay back. And then one of either your right-hand side centre-back or your left-hand side centre-back. In that Cholton game, it was Cooper making those kind of forward runs, kind of almost at times beyond the strikers as well, trying to give us another option. In the black ball game it was leonard providing them legs getting up and down obviously you got the assist for the first goal so i think you can play five at the back attacking but you need to have the personnel to kind of do it yeah my bugbear all the time is that we don't have defenders that
2: can move the ball around quick enough I don't, I, that's what i personally think because give cooper the ball on the left hand side it takes him about five minutes to get out of his feet and it's not produces them too per se but i just don't that think that's the pretty role pretty we can do Correct. Yeah. It's just like, it takes some ages to get out of their feet and then zip it across, which is what Chaya Cresswell was so good at, why he offers so much that the back line, I thought. But um, Yeah, I mean, just to end it on Fleming then, guys, I mean, do you think it will happen, Joe? What's your guy instinct?
4: I, I, think, I think it will happen only because yeah, he's a decent player. I think Burnley identified him as somebody who's do that number 10 role for them. Um, I think off the pitch, they were done their... You know, do, do diligence on him in, in the sense that they'll know what what person he is. He's, he's a really nice guy. He trains hard. You know, all these things probably paint a picture of what the person he is. So I think they will go for him. The question is, is how many times can we keep rejecting their offer to a point that they then go right? That's three offers now. We're not doing it anymore. So it is a bit of a gamble. You are playing a bit Russian roulette. A bit, a bit. In no, Joan. yes or yes, yes or no?
2: Is Flavio Levan to Burnley? Is he leaving? I'm gonna say yes. Okay, um, I I I I personally agree with you. The only reason why is I think if there's anyone else, is there's enough substance behind it. But I think this has clearly got enough behind it that Burnley won him, and I think Fleming really wants probably would want the move. So
3: I'm gonna agree with you. I'm reluctantly. Um, Dan, is he going? I do think it's gonna happen, but I don't think it's gonna kind of be what well, I think it's gonna be one that kind of drags and drags on. Yeah. I think back a few years when you know. George Saville left to Borough for what was a big sum of money. And mm. we kind of almost spent summer kind of pre-planning for that transfer. I, I kind of feel like early doors, the amount of players we're being linked to this early on, it almost feels like we might be doing the same again. So I do think it's going to happen, but I don't think it's... It, it wouldn't surprise me if he was still here for the friendly against Fortuna and played the first few league games in then. Saville played the first game of the season, but you're right to mention Fortuna hit our game. And just a little plug to
2: our podcast that's gone out on Monday. Um, Mickey done a show with the City Cittard fan which was really good insight from their sides about you know how they figure Fleming and also the 15% set on clause which we did touch on a little bit I think Dan mentioned earlier um, we'll move on but I want to throw in one, actually one more thing Scott Twine didn't get a game for Burnley last year and plays the same position as Fleming
3: what do you it? you having him Dan would you like him after he salmon act at the den absolutely not no I can't take somebody who does that that's almost as bad as Olly Burke's TikTok video <laughs> he's a good player but i we all just... fans don't forget, do we? <laughs> <laughs> no, don't we don't. Forget. <laughs> that was that was the first thing that came out of me. Yeah.
2: Forget <laughs> yeah, the fact that he's a top player with really high prospect, that's quite young as well. Yeah. No, straight away
3: is what you You're right. If if they if they use twine, they're gonna use him as a bargaining chip to knock a couple of million off and we only then have a solution for one season. So what happens next summer? we won't have twine and then we're back to square one so un- unless it's a permanent deal which i don't see burnley doing yeah. then it's, it's a no go
4: but it's in everyone's interest to get it done quickly i think you know yeah the, the only want it done quickly so they, they can sort it out we want it quickly so we can then look at other targets i'm sure the and wants to get it sorted out as well for his own personal so the longer it drags on the worse it's going to get so i think we just need to get something you know done this this week if we can really Fun fact, did you
2: know that uh, Burnley started their pre-season more than a week ago? So the company got them all in like a week and a half ago and the Premier doesn't start. Is that, that punishment for going up into the Premier League? Well, this is it. He was on the other lap know. with Gary Neville when I watched it and he's like, yeah, we've got to back out let's do some physical work for the next two weeks. So like, he's drilling them hard
3: and getting them ready. I mean, and I, they've basically had the league title once since February. They've basically been on the beach since February. Yeah, so they of needed, to be
2: fair.
3: Do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> agree with you.
2: Right, let's steer it onto some more rumours and transfers that could or could not happen. Um, we'll start with the ins and the good staff, the exciting stuff. This week, we've been linked to a various few names and I think we'll just open it to the floor to discuss each one as a whole. Josh Cromer has been linked to the club. Joe Bryant, as of this morning, from I think John Percy from The Telegraph has been linked to the club and supposedly talks of a progressing well. essentially for medical this week. Another one that could be in before Wednesday or obviously when it was, this is out, out when preseason starts. And lastly, Lewis Travis is still looming in the background right go on Gia, i'll come to you first
4: the name's oh, there how do you feel that's a weird one so i don't know what the offer was but i know it was a six-figure offer so let's say it's nine hundred thousand. well fuck me the guy's in contract isn't it? for three sure? years for three more years and he's their captain <laughs> he's their captain you know and uh they know what he's worth he's he's a good a good age as well so again just what what you're playing at uh, is that just them testing the waters to see what response they get? I don't get it, but they haven't been followed up with a second offer either. So, um, it's, it's a real sort of weird one, And um, to for you, But I would, I would love to see that. I think it'd be a good, a good signing for us. Definitely give us a bit more quality, a bit more experience, and more importantly, who's someone who's a leader. Yeah, we, we spoke before on a previous shows We don't really have leaders. Mm. Yeah, some of them wear the armbands like Jake Cooper, but he's not really a leader either. If anything, I think Savile's. Probably the only lead we've got in in, in the actual team that the them possibly Fleming as well. So uh, getting more players like with character that've got a bit of personality and can sort of you know lift the team, I think is important. You know, and Josh Cribb and Lynn, and um, Joe Bryan, mate, thoughts on them? Joe? Yeah, Cromwell was never a big fan of, to be honest with you. I mean, he's, he's a Dulwich boy, and he was like a Peck and boy. I think he's. Yeah, him. he's he's local
2: boy, and he played for Leyton Orient and got moved to Huddersfield. That's his call, Yeah, bro. I mean,
4: he's he's yeah. You know, I guess he's got some legs on him. He's quite quick. Again, he he's paid. He hasn't scored much, I think, last season. I think he's only scored what, was it two, or three goals a week for them. So he's not exactly been prolific for them. Um, Joe Bryan, I I'll re-rate. I mean, I don't know how good he is now. I mean, obviously he hasn't played much last season being over in uh in nice but um i remember when he's played at fulham and he was a decent decent player technically very very good yeah great left foot, great at living crosses He's get up and down the pitch quite well um so I, i'm i'm hoping that that that, that rumor is true and um that gets um over, over the line you having
2: joe brian uh dan i mean personally for me played 40-odd games in the premier league was really good for bristol city i remember before And also just as good for for Fulham the year they went up, I think, when they beat us at the Den, if if memory serves me Mm -hmm. right. And I remember that game where we could have won and, you know, we had this lag our first half. I remember Joe Bryan just being a really solid, good championship player and potentially a Premier League player. Um, It's not too nice for him, but
3: you have in Joe Bryan, Dan? Yeah, um, you know, I think, you know, um, Joe's touching there. He has kind of lost his way and kind of a little bit in the last few years. Um, but I think, you know, he's, he's in his peak now. He's 29. If you can kind of get him a bit more regular football, I do think you'll kind of see um, the best out of him. Um, interesting. Apparently, he's rejected Bristol City already earlier in mm. the transfer window, saying apparently he wanted to go abroad. But then I've seen some of their fans saying today that they've only offered him a one-year contract. He was looking for something a bit longer. Um, but usually, John Percy from the Telegraph is usually a very reliable source when it comes to oh, transfer. Um, rumors, he's usually bang on it. So you know, I, I really, I do really rate him. I think he has lost his way. But if you'd have told me, kind of, just like three years ago, I think it was, I think it was twenty twenty when he scored that brace in the playoff final. If you'd have told me that we'd sign him, I probably would have laughed in your face. So I think it's a, I think it's a great signing. Uh, it does present that risk, doesn't it, as well, though, I think,
2: Dan, as well, you know, he, I think we mentioned it, you know, he's lost his way, but it's it's also on the player. Where, where is his head at? Does he want to have a long-term deal for his last payday, or is he looking to really cement his place again in the Championship? It's, it's a it's a toss it's cost, it's cost of the
3: coin, and that's the risk I think it presents, isn't it? I don't know what you think. I think usually the club kind of do their due diligence, not just on the player, the way they play, but also kind of the way the pers- the personalities of the player. I knew it was kind of a big thing under uh, Neil Harris. Yeah. And, you know, Gary Rout mentioned the togetherness of the squad. He's mentioned that kind of quite a lot kind of throughout his tenure as manager. So I feel like that's something the club do still do their due diligence on before signing a player. Okay, yeah, I do agree
4: with you there. That'd be interesting in to see how it unfolds. Go on, Joe. And so very quickly about Joe Bryan. One, it's also you do question their aspirations, what they want in their career? It's a little bit like Burke in a sense, where mm. sometimes I think football kind of comes second to lifestyle. And there's a rumour going around about I think although he likes it in, in South France, that he wanted to come back to London for some reason and family, maybe to London. A bit like Burke. Yeah, Burke's got his missus over here now. Doesn't we really want to be in Germany? I spoke to him very briefly. At the end of the season awards thing, that Amir kind of spoke and he mentioned about that ideally he wants to get a move back over here again. And I sort of like joked while well, I was being serious. I said to him, Well, it's lovely, but you're going to fall pay your wages. And he sort of shrugged his shoulders like, Yeah, I know. Well, hope, hopefully, something will get sorted. But you can see where he minds at A, a about yeah. it's not about winning trophies. I mean, it's not about putting 10 out of 10 performances. I think it's about doing giving six out, so give six or seven out of 10 performances a lot of these players. Get in the mood, make sure their lifestyles sort of getting one last pay, I guess, last contract. So I hope that um, if we do sign Joe Bryant, I hope he'll be a good sign for us and he will perform and, and give it everything. Uh, and, and like Dan said, you know, it, we don't know how good he's going to be. He, he, he's had a, a season off almost, hasn't he? Although well, he's not old, he's not exactly young, 29, he'll sort of 30, 30 soon. So you you want well, to hope that he comes here for the right reasons if we do get him and hopefully performs just what we want to do. Yeah, and Dan,
2: what of John Farrow? Do you think? I mean, I, I know he was part of the Mill Kicks program as a teenager, which is obviously the community scheme thing they run for youth in the area. He's obviously a local lad. We're talking about a circumstantial thing. Sounds like it's a match made in heaven for him to come back to the to come back to the area back and come to the den. Um, you having him as a player? I mean, I don't mind him. I'm not going to lie. He's a bit rough around the edges, but. I think Huntersfield are trying to fight to keep him, which is obviously what Neil Warlock thinks of him as well. I do remember him scoring a goal at the Den against us in one of their wins against us as well. Um, I don't
3: mind it. It's a different option, isn't it, I suppose, in the forward areas. But what do you reckon, Dan? I think he kind of hit the nail on the head there. He's a bit rough around the edges. Um, but he, he's got pace, which is, you know, something we do lack in the squad. Um, you know, I, I think we're going to touch on Bury in a bit. But if Bury leaves, that's another kind of quick flyer we're kind of down. Yeah. Um, wouldn't have surprised me if the Lynx just came around because he's a local lad and he's out of contract but it also wouldn't have surprised me if Neil Warnock hadn't had stayed at Huddersfield, he probably would be a Mill player at some point if we're not already um, you know, we just spent the first half of the season out on loan at Portsmouth and I think he kind of flattered to the sea there um, ended up back at Huddersfield under Neil Warnock and you know, he managed to kind of get a bit of a tune out of him um, so I think, you know I don't think it's one that's going to happen. Um, but, you know, I, I, I don't mind the profile of the player, the kind of we're looking for maybe a bit uh, a winger to kind of at least give us that option. Or, it, you know, we're on the formation. Maybe he does want to kind of play with a bit more wingers, you know. Mm-hmm. He's also struggled with his injuries as well. So that's something to put a question on. I guess in recent times, but we'll see. A
2: bit of a non-starter this one, guys. Lyndon Dykes today, of the time we recorded on Monday evening, he signed a new contract with QPR till 2026. Obviously quite a turmoil year for him. He started the year with pneumonia. It was linked to us and supposedly made a bid for him, Joe. Um, a bit Marmite to QPR fans, but the reaction today, generally I've seen they're quite happy about it. It's a bit of a shame really we missed out on that one, but I suppose we went for bit. if we really wanted Dykes, we probably would have gone for him, I feel like, but I don't know what you think, mate.
4: I think he's one of the players, you know, several months ago when, when, when we linked with him that I wasn't too excited about. I think, I thought of anything, you know, I thought that money could be spent elsewhere or on someone else. But I think in more recent, over the summer transfer window, you look at him and you look at Nisbet and you think, actually, you can see the logic by getting him in. A big, strong target man, you know, if you've got to play him and Nisbet up front together, I think they're linking quite well. And suddenly, you kind of fall in love with the story a little bit, do you? You hope it happens. And um of course when it doesn't happen and they sign a new contract, you want even more, you know? <laughs> so um I'm I'm gutted and I think he would be a good signing for us, but you know, it, it's done now. I guess we've got to move move on and um look at other um other other transfers maybe. It would have been an all Scottish frontline potentially,
2: Dan. I mean, you know, I've seen I, seeing, I could see it already, you know, the club shop starting to sell tarts and kilts and stuff like that at the then and you know yeah, things we... that yeah, we're starting to lap it all up big time, and bagpipes happening when they score their goals. But, I mean, hash <laughs> out Haki Spies instead of the uh, important <laughs> cool ones. Can you imagine that? Cool. I mean, if you said to me two slot strikers and a Welsh striker as our front line, it would have an interesting one. But, yeah, I mean, missed out on Dykes. How'd you feel about that one, Dan?
3: When, we've, when I first heard the news in January at 3 million, I certainly wasn't interested. Um, but we've gone back in for him, you know, the kind of rough bid was kind of 2 million. I think it was kind of you know around a million about just over a million you know you can have that and then there's some add-ons um wasn't too keen on it at first but kind of the more I thought about it and then I watched him play for Scotland I thought he was actually quite good in them games to Scotland mm. um you know I, I kind of the more I was kind of like oh yeah actually you know what I think it'd be a good sign in um and it's something I touched in the last show I did with you Omer about possible transfer targets about trying to bring in kind of a bit more of a target man kind of option um I certainly think he would have kind of tick that box um but it doesn't look like it's going to happen now obviously i think we're going to be looking now closer to kind of that three million pound mark which we did bid in january which I, I don't think the club's going to kind of pursue um do you think it would have been we'd sign both this bit
2: and dykes if it was available or do you think it was one or the other i mean i think with dykes you touched on there about how he plays he's one of those players i think that doesn't get appreciated because of his scoring figures but i think amongst his teammates and you know, people at the club, they'd be like, this is a workhorse and leads the line for us and works his
3: heart out for us. But do you think we would have both of them or? If he wants to play two up front, then yeah. You know, if, if he wants to play two up front now, you've kind of got Bradshaw on this bit and probably because mm-hmm. what as a striker, probably says so his natural position. Um, we don't have any other strikers and they're all kind of the same and- kind of yeah. Okay. I'll give you a vote with Sam. They're all kind of the same kind of profile. Is you know? Like, is he, is he actually a footballer? I don't know. <laughs> They've <laughs> all kind of got the same New season. profile. They're not. They're not massively tall. You know. They're They're not overly quick. You know. They're quick, but they're not like someone you'd go, "Oh, like bloody hell, like they're a stupidly quick player." You know, someone who go tearing down the wing. So you know, having that kind of differential option would have been nice in Lyndon Dykes, especially someone who has a lot of championship
4: experience as well. You mentioned there as well, I agree with um, and that Scotland game where he scored one and got an assist. I mean, the goal that he scored was okay, but I think is the way he got that assist. If you remember, he held the ball up really well, really strong, called a defender, and laid the ball off for whoever it was that sort of took their, their chance of scores. And, and we probably lack, we will lack a player like that, that can sort of hold the ball up in the box and bring other players in, you know, and I, I looked at him in that game I thought, wow, I can see why Mill will be after him. And that kind of made me want him even more after watching his performance, you know. So, um, But then, I thought, is, there, is that rumour uh, with um, Sidney van Hoygong Omar? Is that, is that still going at the moment? I've have you know, I haven't seen it. haven't seen anything since
3: the original January link. Um, you know, mm-hmm. on paper, sounds a fantastic flyer, but the, the rumours... In January, the Nottingham Forest might try for him. Um, and his old man, I was actually looking at him earlier today, his old man used to play for Forest. He did. Yeah, he's a very good goal scorer, his record looks yeah. like. So, you know, yeah. I, I think if an offer came from Forest playing in the Premier League, playing somewhere his old man played, he might
4: struggle to turn that one down as compared to us. But, you know, it thinking, might... Well, there's no offer made there at the moment. Now, Dykes is obviously... Sign a new contract. Do we then put our attention back onto that again? Is what I'm thinking, you know. And that could be. I was. I can't think of many other target men that we've been linked with, but apart from from these two. No. Yeah, I think we
3: do need to kind of maybe have relook at him. I don't think there. From what it sounds like, there isn't really a future for him. I think it's Bologna he's contracted to. He spent last season on loan in in Holland, but I think he's contracted to Bologna. Doesn't sound like there's going to be much for a future him, uh, for him there. So I think you know if. if the The problem was, I he, he, he think he scored about 16 goals last season, which has probably bumped his price tag up, even if it was, you know, yeah. 2 million in January. You're probably looking maybe around double that now, you know. Yeah. Well, but 15, I think like year 1 million left, I feel, his contract, I think. Okay. I didn't know that. So if he did, that might kind of knock the price down a little bit. Mm. Mm. I mean, one of the name, guys,
2: that's obviously been linked to us is Cox, the left back. For the life of me, I can't remember his name. George Cox? George Cox. George there yeah. yeah. Is that gone quiet if we get Joe Bryan? Do you think that's a no-goer? I mean, what do
4: you reckon, Joe? I mean, technically, we still need a second left-back, although I do love that... What um, is his name, it Dan? Is it Makalei, the, the youngster we saw for the under-31s? Makalei. Adol Makalei. Makalei? Adol That's the guy. Him. He He was quality, you know? And although I wouldn't say that, hey, let's put him straight in the first team let's get him started in the first team, I think to be in and around the squad, I think he deserves that 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 chance and, and yeah, to play some some games and be a bit of a backup to um, Joe Bryan if he signs, um, that'd be a decent option. And and Riot was there, weren't he, Dan, uh, that game for um, the other 21 final, final, play or final thing. And he would have saw his performance, I'm sure he would have done and it, he'd been very, very impressed with him. So um, I hope he'll get a look. But yeah, otherwise, yeah, technically we do need more, more left-backs. I mean, hey, Murray Wallace it's still there I guess so perhaps not so much now we've got Joe Bryant one yeah, name we... Sir, we, we haven't
3: mentioned is Callum Styles he's been a bit caught in the leg but they're going to look to sign him I can see that with obviously Valerian Ismail going in there as a manager of him mm. and Bartley um, Rowitz came out and said in South London Press this week that you know the release clause at the minute is too high if they want to bring it down then we might be interested so I, I think it's a shame um, Chris hit the nail on the head of these chat chaps that one. So
2: I don't know what his source was for that one, but I want to try and tap him up for a bit more information. But he did say that well, uh, without
4: special. without naming names of, of anyone that's kind of helped us. Yeah, I think Wright had the chance of signing, and that I was we were told that maybe it was like a tap in, but he didn't want it for whatever reason. So again, Why that reason is behind that, yeah, we don't know what what's, what's going on behind the scenes. But obviously, we, we all like Styles I'm sure we all rate him as a player, but stands for manager i mean you don't see him as someone who would be the right fit then you got to trust his decision don't you controversial opinion did styles do this as more
2: than shackleton last year in the sense that to worth to justify spending three million pound on him for whatever i'm not saying we stand up Shackleton. i'm not saying Shackleton's available but i, I, I get what everyone sees as styles the technical technical nature of him and stuff but I would argue you could size Shackleton or Styles in that sense, in that kind of role they both play. And also Styles didn't set the world alight at the den. Like it it didn't do a lot. There was not many games where I thought there's a couple of times we saw his talent where he had a shot and you're like, bloody hell only he could probably do that on the pitch today. But there wasn't enough times where I thought, here we go, he's a
4: you know, he's making a difference. I, th- I think injury um went against him in up within as well, I think that that impacted him. Um, I think his first game was his first game against Reading. I can't remember who it was now. Um, he plays the wing back, was it, for us? And he had well, the, a great game. And he was up against someone who was really good, a winger. I can't remember who it was. But everyone was just praises him about how well he coped with it. Actually, it was against Stone. It was against Forest. And it was their right wing back who went to Tottenham. What's his name? Jens Spence. Just Spence. Yeah. So did he play that? I don't know. Can't I can't really like it. I remember there was a real battle between him and Jed Spence, and he done really, really well. And real fans, good Jed Spence, a bit of shit, of course, you know. And um, he played really well. And then there was a game against Rotherham, we played in the centre midfield. I remember that game. Yeah. He was great, and that he, game. Yeah. That game and was and really he, good. And he, he bossed it. He, he really mm. bossed it. And then again, one of the games towards the end of the season, I think he came on, but played in a sort of number 10 role. Mm. And again, he looked really, really good there as well.
2: What I'm trying to say is that I don't think he's just... A, I think I, could, I kind of agree with Rowett here. If that's the stance, the price tag and thinking where yeah. else you could strengthen the squad. I just don't... I, I, there's undoubtedly a, a good player there.
4: He's, he's,
2: temp- he's young. As well. How old is he? 22, 23? He's technically... Temp- yeah. He's like, you know, he's 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 really hit... the You know, he's really kind of t- made a name for himself and plays for Hungary. And, you know, he he plays... He's, he's a good player. But I just don't think
4: he's done enough for me to say he's a must-sign. I don't know. Even for, for financial gain, that return on investment, you think someone like him, 22, 23 years old, international, you know, versatile player, you, you buy him, yeah, you know, that in a year or two, you could probably serve for more money. I totally agree.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. But I think it's just if there's other targets that we want that are a bit more of priority, I can kind of see the club's logic. And I, I would sign Styles if you said to me, we can have him and other players that we want. But I can see where the club's coming from, I feel like. Um, yeah, it is interesting, but we'll see what happens on the ins, on the outs. Tyler Bury is not keen on an Oxford's move, according to Alan Nixon, Luke Lutz, and Nico on Twitter that everyone knows him by. Um, do you want to keep really, on? I don't think it's, it's Oxford, is it? I think it's just League One. He you sees himself as a Championship
3: player. I think he said. I think he yeah. Oxford's. I think Oxford was in the article on Sunday. I think from Oxford was the team that's had a bid accepted. Um, yeah, it doesn't sound like he's too. good. Do you know what the the bid is? What what you offered? No, I've hopefully heard the numbers. Um, Oh, I think the word in South London press is like, we've accepted a bid and it's got some kind of clause on about, I think it's got a significant sell on clause, which kind of sounds like to me, probably the fee isn't as high as we probably all think it is. Um, I reckon you're lucky to get half a million when all add-ons come into play and stuff like that. I I, I would say it'd be half a million, absolute tops. Um, You know, he's kind of showed flashes in the championship. Um, that's probably why he's kind of thinking, you know, what I might be able to get a championship move. I know, obviously, South London Press said we've accepted a bid from a League One team, which we now know is Oxford. and they did say there has been championship interest for Tyler Bury, so maybe he's trying to kind of get a championship move. Um, I don't really kind of know what club might be interested in him in the championship. We'll have to kind of wait and see. Might kind of be one for. Maybe kind of the the lower end teams, maybe the teams that have just came up, looking for maybe a bit of you know championship experience stuff like that. So, um, but you know, I'm I'm pretty certain he won't be a Millwall player for much longer.
4: I agree with you. Joe, anything on Tyrie before we move on to a couple of 21 signings made? It's a shame, he, on, on his day, you can see he's got something about him. He's got a bit of quality. Yeah, but then I looked at his stats, uh, and I know a lot of them was substitute appearances, but he scored, like I think, it's three goals of 53 appearances for Mill, which is not great. You know, not a great return. right is clearly not a massive fan of his. Yeah, he doesn't start. I mean, when he's available to start, he'd rather choose someone else over him. So you do question, if he does stay with us another season, would he feature much? Especially if we're looking to strengthen from our squad and bring new players in over, over the summer, yeah, how much lower would he fall with the pecking order? So I can see the logic behind um, selling him. Personally, I think he should have just loaned him out rather than selling. But then I guess they're probably thinking, well, they sell him for cheap with a, a sell on clause top of there. Potentially, that could be worth saying to us in the future. I guess you've also got a Maku and stuff like are a few
3: years younger. So True. True. If you're going to stagnate like them by keeping Bury around, I suppose could always put a buyback clause in Tyler Bury's deal deal as well. You know, you know, yeah. almost almost a, lo- a long term loan deal. Say as if he say as if he does go to Oxford. Say as if we sell him for five hundred k, put a one point five million sell on clause in there, uh, buyback yeah. clause. Sorry. All of a sudden, he goes to League One, gets ten goals, ten assists next season, and Oxford are getting mm-hmm. into like three million. All we do is, right, we'll buy him back one and a half million and then it was bidding three million for him? There you go, there's Tyler Bury back for three million. I've got a feeling once you let Tyler Bury leave Millwall,
2: he won't ever sign a piece of paper to sign back for Millwall. But that's just, you know, I hate to say, but I don't know. It, it feels like it's a, it's a Fred on your dimmer situation a little bit, isn't it? I think, you know, even if he was desperate, I, I, I don't know if we'd see him back. Maybe I'm being critical and a bit harsh on Bury, but it just feels like it's coming to an end. Similar to Marlon Romeo, you know, like that kind of...
4: Yeah, so there's a love-hate relationship there quite clearly, and I think it's. I just don't think the he's the right fit for us, and it's a shame because you know I know he's had a bit of stick from from certain section of the fans uh, last season, but whether whether that's you know right or wrong, I mean, okay, no 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 player, no Millwall player deserves stick from their own supporters, um apart from Rob Sauer but um I'm joking, but no he he uh, he means whether he, is it fair to say he means tougher, tougher skin. You get a bit better. You know, you're going to get abused. I mean, back in the old days, in the 80s and 90s, you know, players just to get called you know, C-U-N-T every five minutes, you know, for not tracking back, not tackling. Um, and sometimes a lot of these players today are a little bit too sensitive. You know, they've got to be a little bit tougher to it. And, and perhaps if Tyler Bure had been somebody else who had a stronger mindset, they would say, you know what? I'm going to see it as a challenge. I want to win these fans over. Yeah, and they'll work their bollocks off, and they'll track back, and they'll put tackles in, they'll do all the, the not so nice stuff, and then deliver at the, at the other eddies. But you get some players like Tyler Bury, unfortunately, that probably buckles that a little bit, fall fall for it, yeah, and don't want to perform maybe out of principle. Who knows? So, yeah, it's, it's it's a sad one. Who who might tell him what to do? Yeah, you know, I would do something different. You would do something different. So with Dan, but he's his own person, and he chose to. Be the, the way you want it to be, and behave the way you want to behave. You know. Yeah. Whilst I wouldn't personally
2: slag the fans back off myself or give any gestures back, supposedly I don't have a problem with it. I, don't, I actually, if he's if he's getting the abuse, I think yes, he's well. With me, he's right to give it back. To be honest, Morrison did it, and we all love him. So, you know, mm. it's, it, you take what you can with that. But yeah, you know, it's all gone now. Um, two signings for the twenty ones. I did miss this one last week. But Dylan Adai signed, the goalkeeper. And also Ethan Wadey from Chelsea. Um I want to come to you, Dan, because I feel like you, you were more on the pulse of these two. I mean, I know Ethan is an American goalkeeper that was released by Chelsea. Um, give me a bit about dinner day that we can look out for. Um, Background. Probably, What's probably, it, where, where was where was he previously? Yeah, Leicester uh, previously it you said yeah. Leicester,
3: yeah. Um I haven't actually checked this out, but I think his brother might play for Crawley Town as their goalkeeper, Corey die, I think. Um that's a possibility. <laughs> uh, but that might be me joining the dots up there. Um, I'm hoping, my thinking is the fact he's brought in two goalkeepers primarily for the youth team is that hopefully he's going to get Joe Wright out on loan, try and get him a bit more men's football. I think he's only played it at Cray. It'd be nice to try and get him a bit higher up the pyramid. Mm. Um, and obviously, I know Ryan Sanford's left the club this summer. I mean, if they're absolutely paranoid about having a fourth choice goalkeeper, then that might be why we've got two goalkeepers, because obviously we can't, you know, it's very unlikely I think they're going to both come from playing youth football to playing in the first team um, and you know only one of them plays the, one, one can play in the 21s every week so it's interesting the fact they bought two um, so I, I think they've they've got to be looking at loaning Joe right out what was interesting Joe is with this whole thing
2: Andy Marshall was the new goal coach from last season obviously came in quite late into pre-season but there's been interviews, and also I remember bumping into him on the train back from QPR because he's rushing to get to the Brit Awards at the time, for example. But he's trusted to look after the goalkeeping department. So the new contracts for Bart and Long, obviously, I think he was the one that kind of put a word into Rowett, right, saying maybe we should look at Long to play it there last season. That's, you know, I think he's trusted to look after this and also look after the development of the likes of Joe Wright. Obviously, Sanford we tried to get him loan last year, which is why we said Connell Truman, for example. Didn't really work out with Judge Sanford's not good enough after his loan spell. I think it's quite a nice development in that sense, where you know we're trying to develop these players, get them out on loan, especially our own talent. Mm, I think I think it's
4: exciting. Yeah, the the youngsters we 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 brought in and and existing youngsters in in Joe Wright, who I'm a massive fan of. I think he's he's a great keeper. Um, and I think you're right. I think it's great for our you know our our future to get the infrastructure right on the goalkeeper side because that's just as important as the outfield players. Uh, What what worries me is is our existing goalkeepers at the moment. We've got about Mm -hmm. ten goalkeepers and. Not one decent goalkeeper. It seems. Okay, you could argue Bart was a decent keeper, but we all know he's got his, um, yeah, disabilities almost like, with his <laughs> knees. Or um, but that's the worry for me. So, yeah, it's great we're looking at the future, it's great we're looking at our youngsters and our infrastructure, but ultimately we need to be signing a decent keeper. And I don't see Rowett has got any aspiration of signing a keeper at the moment. It seems. So, um, you know, what's going to happen? Start of the season? Are we going to? have um, Long in goal again I don't know. You know I think a lot of the fans at one point were quite split on Long whereas I think now it's sort of 60-40 in favour of getting Long
2: out it's- I wonder if um, Fleming was to leave and we had a £10 million yeah. budget or more money to spend would that maybe promote the idea of signing a goalkeeper I feel like you have something to add to the conversation
3: yeah I'm I'm a bit concerned we've had we've quite a lot of transfer links so far this summer not one of them is a goalkeeper um, makes me think we, we won't be signing a goalkeeper, um, which is, you know, a bit of a concern to me. I, I personally, you know, I, I tried to defend Jules Long for as long as possible. I know there were some calls, particularly after the whole game, for, you know, him to kind of come out of the team. Um, and, you know, I was like, no, you know, it wasn't, you know... He, Maybe could have done a bit better for that guy in particular, but overall, I didn't think he would play too badly. But then, you know, on the final day, I, th- I think you know Joseph at sixty forty. I think it's a bit more than sixty forty. Um, to be on this kind of the split, kind of wants him kind of a bit more out. Um, yeah, so I'll try I to be nice to him then. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I think, I think the fact we haven't been linked to a goalkeeper is a bit concerning. I don't think we'll be getting one in.
4: Yeah, he, well, Jordan was not a terrible keeper. I mean, I look—I thought about it the other day. I mean, trying to analyse certain things, he does. I mean, again, we all talking about his foot, his the feet he's got on the on the ball. He's got great footwork on the ball, great, great. In his clearances and his passing with, with, with his feet. Um, he's just a distinctly average. He's just distinctly average, John. Well, I, don't know, I think his shot stopping from close range is very, very good. I've seen this seed make a, some loads of saves from short from close range. how how they helped me he stop that.
3: Okay, the like, um, Tom Tom United, is, United game that was a, like the yeah. second half in that Sheffield United game, he was really good. But the first half, he also let in the free kick. That was a really but cool beat. It reminds me a lot of Jordan Archer. Mm. Really good from short distance. Long distance, not but
4: very good. Anything from long distance is 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 not great. And I think that's the only thing. If he can just work on that, and I don't know how goalkeepers can just work on Like you think they'd just be good at it, wouldn't they, yeah, at all mm. of goalkeeping. But he's, he seems to be so good in so many different areas of goalkeeping, except for long range and you think that'll probably be the easiest one because you see the ball coming then you can kind of get to it whatever but that just seems to be his weakness so unfortunately you know more than the, the one occasion probably about five or six occasions the season he's been beaten for range mm. maybe a free kick or, or, or shot outside the box for open play and um yeah it's cost us a, and dare I say it, I think it's cost us a playoff spot because yeah yeah, because he's thought we conceded goals and lost points. I think you need to be a character to be a goalkeeper at Mill
2: as well, you know. You oh, need to have something God. about you. you like, David Ford, you watch these yeah. goalkeepers come over when they come out to the start of the game, and I sit in Lane lower. You feel it with the fans when they give some to the player, to the goal player, and the player gives it back mm-hmm. to them. You know, you feel the passion, and there is that kind of connection. And I don't feel it with Long. I can't describe it or quantify it, but for me, when I'm sitting there behind the goal, you know straight away whether or not the fans are having the, the goalkeeper. And. You can tell. And I think with Long, you don't feel that. I don't think it's quite the extreme of Archer when Archer is on his way out. But I mean, it is in the balance a bit. And I do think that that yeah. will tip very quickly at the start of the season if he doesn't get off to a flyer. So we'll have to see on that one. But um, yeah,
4: yeah. Um, I'll you I would say that George Long is a little bit normal as a goalkeeper. I think you've got to be a bit crazy to be a goalkeeper. I mean, who the hell wants to stand there and have ball shot at them from 100 miles per hour, you know, and I think he's a bit normal. You see there's no real motions there. Even when he concedes a goal, there's no real motion. You know, at the start of games, what, half time, he goes to to put his towel in, you know, in the goal. he look at the fans, little clap, turn around. You know, there's no real... Yes, of, correct. There's no energy about him. I think mm-hmm. he, you've got to be a bit mental or be a bit mad and you've got to be a bit passionate about what you do. And for, for him, I think he's just such a chilled out sort of guy. There's no real high or low, is there? You know, he's very kind of flat, you know?
2: Yeah, Dad. Anything to add on that before I wrap up, Joe?
3: Um, yeah, I I would say Joe obviously described him as you know distinctly average, which I think is probably a fair description. But you know, your goalkeeper can you know I think it probably was the difference at the end of the season. You know, and they you know it's not just obviously over one game; it'll be over the course of the season. There might be games where you are absolutely crap, and then you whip in a corner, and then you know you get a lucky header or an own goal. You know, one nil. You know, your keeper bows you out. You know, keeper probably when you kind of up to kind of 12, 15 points a season. I don't have any confidence in, in George Long doing that. And now I don't also have that much confidence in Bart to come in and do that. Cause he spent so much time out of the team, which sounds a weird yeah. to say as a goalkeeper, but when he's, you know, getting on a bit, but in particular as well, I think, mm. you know, that that's a concern and, you know, So I why did say. we give
2: Bart a new contract then? And why did we give Long a new contract? Yeah. It's this, you know, what, I guess we're sticking with them, ain't we guys? Bye for by We're here with them now. This is it. Yeah.
4: <laughs> also, you think about when Bart has played well for us in in, in in games, and we mentioned about him being very average, and Bart has probably won us games because he's kept clean sheets. He's one man of the match performances. He did. Yeah, many, many, many occasions where you think, geez, how the hell did we win that game 1-0? And then Bart getting Man of the match because he made some you know three or four fantastic saves. I don't recall George Lowell ever, ever getting the man of the match award. One for one game. He's never put in a man of performance, has he? As great yeah. as he's on the ball and everything else, he hasn't done that for us. So, again, that says that speaks volumes, doesn't it, really? a yeah. goalkeeper's job is to stop the ball from going the back of the net. And if Bart's done that for us many, many occasions on one-man match of walls and, and help us win, win games, unfortunately, we can't see the same thing for, uh, for George Ron. I do agree. Well,
2: let's come to the end of the show. Um, I do want to say the boys are back in pre-season training at the time of this going up on on Wednesday. Um, this is starting to come around again. We're going to start to you know get it all going again, Joe. So excited! Will ZM be there? I wonder. Yeah. Well, this is it. So Wednesday is well, this will be out on Wednesday morning. They'll be back in pre-season training. The start of their trip. Kevin Nisbet um, is coming back early. He's joining the club on Wednesday. He's obviously had international duty, which was quite nice to see him say so he's willing to join up early and come and come down. The route was full of praise for that. It's time. It's time to go again, Joe. Right?
4: Exciting times. Yeah, ab- absolutely. You go again. I'm quite looking forward to um, the preseason. It seems weird. It's amazing how quickly a year goes. You and I are at Dartford. away. do you remember mm. uh, preseason? That was a, that was a year ago. That feels like it was just last week, doesn't it? You know, and that's when the excitement starts. When you start getting the friendlies, or you try to get to as many friendlies as you can. You look at the new team, the new players, and how they're all gelling. That's all quite exciting. You know, it's a big lead, isn't it, to, to the first game of the season. So, um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You know, that's pre-season, training. Yeah, we're we, 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 we'll still getting back to the normality, aren't we? Absolutely. We go again, Dan.
2: The season comes around and the excitement builds.
3: Yeah, looking forward to it. I, you know, we've still got, you know, just over a month. Hopefully there's a couple more transfers to get excited by. And, you know, hopefully, you know, we kind of hit, hit the ground running at the start of the season, because I know sometimes that can be a problem for Mill not starting as quick as we'd like. So hopefully, you know, probably as tough as they come, first game, but let's, let's get on with it. Bring it on. Middlesbrough away. Oh, Sixth
2: of, of August, isn't it? Sixth of August? I think it yes, is. Sick. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. We'll be um, talking more about fixtures and pre-season and wrapping up loads of bits and bobs. And be sure to check us out on our social
4: medias at That Mill Pod. Joe, thanks for coming on today, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've, I've missed it. It feels like it's been a, a while since I've being on here, so um, it's quite nice to sort of talk about it all. And yeah, there's a little bit to talk about as well, so it makes it interesting, doesn't it? Absolutely. And thank you, Dan.
3: Yep. No worries. Thank you, gents. Enjoyed tonight, and I uh, hope everyone in, uh, listening has also enjoyed. There we go. If you're excited like uh, Dan and bought your ticket to Gillenham away on the 26th of June,
2: when it's the 15th of July, I think I've never seen someone buy a ticket for Gillenham that early. But yeah, thanks guys for tuning in. Uh, that's the end of the show, and we'll be back. Probably later in the week with another bit of that meal podcast. Thanks for listening. Goodbye
1: The sport fan network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year.